0: Part 4 of Eros and Psyche by Robert Bridges. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nathan at AntipodeanWriter.wordpress.com. Eros and Psyche by Robert Bridges. Part 4. June and truly need there was to the old king for consolation since the mournful day of psyche's fate he took no comforting but only for a speedy death would pray and on his head his hair grew silver-white such on life's topmost bough is sorrow's blight when the stout heart is cankering to decay which when his daughters learnt, they both were quick comfort and solace to their sire to lend but as not seldom they who nurse the sick will take the malady from them they tend, so hap'd it now, for they who failed to cheer grew sad themselves, and in that palace drear increased the evil that they came to mend. And then the unhappy father sent to seek where Psyche had been left, if they might find what monster held her on the savage peak, or if she there had died of hunger pined and by wild eagles stripped her scattered bones might still be gathered from the barren stones or if her fate had left no trace behind so just upon this time her sisters both climbed on the cliff that hung over psyche's vale and finding there no sign to leave were well loth, ere well assured she lurked not within hail so calling loud her name psyche they cried psyche O oh, psyche and when unreplied they sank upon the rocks to weep and wail psyche heard their voices where she sat and summoning the zephyr bade him fleet those mourners down unto the grassy plat midst of her garden where she had her seat then from the dizzy step the wondering pair came swiftly sinking on his buoyant air and stood upon the terrace at her feet up sprang she then and kissed them and embraced and said lo here am i i whom ye mourn i am not dead nor tortured nor disgraced but blest above all days since i was born wherefore be glad enter my home and see how little cause has been to grieve for me and my desertion on the rocks forlorn." so entering by the golden gate or ever the marvel of their hither flight had waned fresh wonder took them now for everywhere Their eyes that lit on beauty were enchained, And Psyche's airy service, as she bade, Performed its magic office, And displayed the riches of the palace where she reigned. And through the perfumed chambers they were led, And bathed therein, and after set to sup, Were upon dreamlike delicacies fed, And wine more precious than its golden cup. Till seeing nothing lacked, and naught was theirs, Their happiness fell from them unawares, And bitter envy in their hearts sprang up at last one said psyche since not alone thou livest here in joy as well we wot who is the man who should these wonders own or god i say and still appeareth not what is his name what rank and guise hath he whom winds and spirits serve who honoureth thee above all others in thy blissful lot but psyche when that wistful speech she heard was all her spouse had warned her of and uttering a disingenuous word said a youth yet unbearded is my love he goeth hunting on the plains to-day, and with his dogs hath wandered far away, and not till eve can he return above. Then, fearing to be near applied, she rose, and brought her richest jewels one by one, bidding them choose and take whatever they chose, and beckoning the Zephyr, spake anon, that he should waft her sisters to the peak, for which he did, and ere they more could speak, they rose on high, and in the wind were gone nor till again they came upon the road which from the mountain shoulder over the plain led to the city of their sires abode found they their tongues though full of high disdain their hearts were but kept silence till the strength of pride and envious hatred burst at length in voice and thus the elder gan complain cruel and unjust fortune that of three sisters whose being from one fountain world exalts the last so high from her degree and leaves the first to be so far excelled my husband is a poor and niggard shirl to him whoever he be that loves the girl oh in what godlike state her house is held ay said the other to a gouty loon am i not wedded lo thy hurt is mine but never call me woman more if soon i cannot lure her from her height divine nay she shall need her cunning wit to save the wealth of which so grudgingly she gave wherefore thy hand and heart with me combine she but received us out of pride to show her state well deeming that her happiness was little worth while there was none to know so is our lot uninjured if none guess reveal we nothing therefore but the while together scheme this wanton to beguile and bring her boasting godhead to distress so fresh disordering their dress and hair with loud lament they to their sire return telling they found not psyche anywhere and of her sure mischance could nothing learn and with that lie the wounded man they slew hiding the saving truth which well they knew nor did his piteous grief their heart concern Meanwhile. Her unknown lover did not cease to warn poor psyche how her sisters planned to undermine her love and joy and peace and urged how well she might their wiles withstand by keeping them from her delight aloof for better is security than proof and malice held afar than near at hand and dearest wife he said since tis not long ere one will come to share thy secrecy and be thy babe and mine let nothing wrong the happy months of thy maternity if thou keep trust, then shalt thou see thy child a god, but if to pride thou be beguiled, the lot of both is death and misery. Then Psyche's simple heart was filled with joy, and counting to herself the months and days, looked for the time when she should bear a boy, To be her growing stay, and godlike praise. And oh be sure, she said, Be sure my pride, having so rich a promise, cannot slide, even if my love could fail, which thee obeys and so most happily her life went by in thoughts of love dear to her new estate until at length the evil day drew nigh when now her sisters joined in jealous hate set forth again and plotted by the way how they might best allure her to betray her secret with what lie their angle bait. that night her husband spake to her and said psyche thy sisters come and when they climb the peak they will not tarry to be sped down by the zephyr as that other time but winging to the wind will cast themselves out in the air and on the rocky shelves be dashed and pay the penalty of crime so let it be and so shall we be saved which meditated vengeance of his fear when psyche heard now for their life she craved whose mere distress erewhile had touched her near around her lover's neck her arms she threw and pleaded for them by her faith so true although they went on doom in judgment clear in terror of blood-guiltiness she now forgot all other danger she adjured or using playfulness deep sobs would plough her soft entreaties not to be endured till he at last was fain once more to grant the service of the zephyr to enchant that wicked couple from their fate assured so, ere twas noon were noises at the door of knocking loud, and voices high in glee, such as within that vale never before had been, and now seemed most unmeet to be, and Psyche blushed though being alone and rose to meet her sisters and herself unclose the gate that made them of her palace free. Fondly she kissed them, and with kindly cheer, sought to amuse, and they, with outward smile, overmasked their hate and called her sweet and dear, finding affection easy to beguile, and all was smooth until at last one said, "Tell us, I pray, to whom tis thou art wed among gods or men, what is his rank and style thou canst not think to hide the truth from us, who knew thy peevish sorrows when a maid, and see thee now so glad and rapturous." has changed from what thou wert as light from shade thy jewels too the palace of a king nor least the serviceable spiriting by everything thy secret is betrayed and yet thou talkest of thy wondrous man no more than if his face thou didst not know at which incontinently she began forgetful of her word a month ago answering a merchant rich of middle age my husband is and over his features sage his temples are already touched with snow but gainst his wish since hither you were brought twere best to part then her accustomed spell sped them upon the summit quick as thought and being alone her doing pleased her well so was she vexed to find her love at night more sad than ever of her sister's spite speaking as one that could the end foretell and ere long said he they will spy again let them be dashed upon the rocks and die tis they must come to death or thou to pain to separation psyche thou and i nay and our babe to ill i therefore crave thou wilt not even once more these vipers save nor to thy love his only boon deny but psyche would not think her sister's crime so gross and strange, nor could her danger see since twere so easy if at any time they showed the venom of their hearts that she should fan them off upon the willing gust, so she refused, and, claiming truer trust, would in no wise unto their death agree. End of Part four Recorded by Nathan at Antipodian Brighter. com